COVID-19 testing and virtual consults. Welcome to the Access Health Radio Show. I'm Dr. Brian Forrest, and this week we will be talking about coronavirus testing and telehealth assessments for it on Access Health Radio. And I'm Mike Davis. Thanks for joining us here on FM 98.5 AM 680 WPTF for your Sunday afternoon. Dr. Brian Forrest is a board-certified family physician from Apex. And Dr. Forrest, I know every news channel now seems to be focused on testing for coronavirus as one of the primary ways to reopen businesses and get back to normal. But it seems like testing has been hard to come by. Tell us about that. Well, there's no doubt that testing is going to be an important part of getting things back to normal. And I think everybody wants to get back to normal as soon as it's safe to do so. Uh, There are several things that have occurred with the testing that have made it really a moving target over the last couple of months. You know, it's changed uh, every week in terms of what was available, you know, what type of testing was going to be available, what was going to be approved by the FDA, all those types of things. So, you know, first, the, the initial tests that were being used were not meant for a pandemic. You know, these were tests that were meant for, you know, almost research cases. You know, you hear a report of some new disease and they send a CDC team to go and test and, and, and see if it actually is. And they have a whole team. And they're just testing that one individual. Um, and so we didn't really have a test that was meant for the public. It was meant for mass testing to begin with. Um, and those, those tests also are very tedious to collect, uh, very time consuming to perform. And, you know, they're used to with those results, not getting the results back for, you know, five to 10 days. And, uh, you know, in, in this case, with the, when this testing started, we actually heard of people that got their test ordered, got their specimen collected, and then they went back about their business, went back to work or school and actually spread the disease while they were waiting on their test results to come back. So that's kind of what happened early on. And then, you know, I remember an example of a a school age uh, child uh, that had gone back and after they went back, their test results came back positive. So, you know, that lag time just doesn't work. I mean, you can't wait, you know, one to two weeks after somebody gets tested to tell them that, you know, they're at risk of infecting others. Um, you know, the other thing is, is that um, the older tests turned out that, that were in stock that, you know, the, the, the testing officials had, some of those turned out to not work really well. You know, it was like that was old technology, hadn't really been pulled out of the cobweb, so to speak. And so some of those tests weren't working. So we also had to turn to um, new new technology. Uh, and once the genetic code for this virus was made available, lots of companies started working on developing tests. Uh, But, you know, if you think about it, we've basically developed something like 50 plus tests in just over three months, uh, which is sort of a record in terms of, you know, manufacturing and developing these kind of things. Um, But we that's that's really what part of our hang up is now. Dr. Forrest, can you tell me a little bit more about these older tests you were talking about? What, What were some of the main problems with them? Well, first, they only checked for active infection, and this really doesn't tell you who has already had the virus or who might have it now uh, versus being immune. Uh, It's important that we know two things. Number one, that we know that you've been exposed, and then also that we know if you've been exposed, are you in a state where your immune system hasn't yet produced antibodies that will sort of, you know, attempt to protect you from reinfection or from being a carrier? And, you know, the older tests, we didn't have that information. 
there are two types of antibodies I want to talk about real quick. The first is called IgM. And IgM is just an antibody that means that you've been exposed recently to the virus. Um, and that's useful. That sort of tells us, yeah, you know, in the last week or two, you know, you got infected. The second type of antibody is called IgG. And the reason that the IgG is useful, uh, the IgG is the antibody that people produce when they've had an infection for longer than a couple of weeks, which means they may at that point be immune to the virus. They've already been exposed. Uh, they should have passed their 14 days uh, by that point. Uh, so if it, tur in, it turns out that getting IgG antibodies actually does protect you, or that if we find out that that actually does make it so you can't be a spreader, then that's going to be really useful for telling us when we can get people back to work. Um, the second issue with the old test was that they were very invasive. Um, I can't tell you the number of times I've seen those uh, swabs done on TV. I think about 80% of the time they were done incorrectly from what I was seeing. Uh, the, the shape of your uh, nasal passages is actually straight back. Um, and so usually when you're doing a nasal swab, that nasal swab needs to come in directly into your face. Uh, and if you'll watch on TV, you'll actually see a lot of people were sticking it up towards the angle of the nose and that kind of thing. Um, so it's very difficult to obtain the swab. If it's done properly, it's fairly uncomfortable. You know, it goes deep uh, into your nose. Uh, it gives you a very uncomfortable sensation. Um, and not only that, the person doing the swabbing is really at significant risk to get infected uh, because they are, you know, they have to be in close. Uh, there's potential that you might cough, you might sneeze, you might breathe, uh, anything. You might even talk. Anything like that would aerosolize that specimen. And so somebody taking the older test had to have a lot of personal protective equipment. You know, they, you, I'm sure you've seen them in the full hazmat suits uh, with the mask and the goggles and everything else but that's absolutely required with those older type tests. Um, here's the other thing. If you don't have the mask and the gowns, you can't do the testing. So there are lots of physicians that have wanted to test for COVID-19, but they couldn't test even if they had an overabundance of tests because they didn't have any protective equipment to take the sample. And lastly, the older tests were very expensive. Some of the, the initial technology they were running cost $750 per test. So when you talk about testing millions and millions of people, uh, that starts to add up. So the newer tests are going to be much less expensive, uh, and, along with being much quicker and much more efficient. Talking about those uh, newer tests, uh, what are some of the issues that we're running into with these newer type tests now? Well, you know, the ideal test is going to be one that's quick. You, you, you really must have same day results for anything we're going to be able to make use of. And it also has to pose minimal risk to the person getting the sample. Um, you know, I think it's really interesting, uh, you know, because we, we use a lot of different labs. But when LabCorp made the announcement they were going to actually do coronavirus testing, one of the first things they did was send out something to all the medical practices saying in bold print, very bold language, we will not collect any of these specimens. No LabCorp employee will test. We will run the test, uh, but we will not collect the samples. Now, LabCorp normally collects, you know, blood, urine, even stool samples, but from the beginning, they said absolutely they wouldn't collect uh, these specimens. So, uh, 
you know, they get paid for running the test, but they don't have any of the risk or needed personal protective equipment that the people actually in the field doing the test have. So uh, the testing issues now are if we've got PPE, uh, we've got to have a test uh, that is same day uh, and it doesn't cause that kind of exposure. The other thing is the tests that actually meet those criteria are in really short supply right now. So uh, although 25 or more companies have COVID-19 rapid tests, only a couple have been approved by the FDA. And part of that is due to some initial bad batches uh, that were not very accurate. Um, and those, because of that, that sort of held up tests. They wanted to reanalyze uh, those as they were being uh, exported and make sure that they were of some quality, which I think is important. Uh, but now there, there is a supply shortage of the good test. I do think that's going to change, though, in the next two weeks. And I'm, I'm excited about being able to do that. All right, Dr. Forrest, thanks so much. Going to take a break right now when we come back more on the coronavirus and our Access Health Radio tip of the week. This is Access Health Radio. Thanks for joining us on this Sunday afternoon for Access Health Radio with board-certified family physician, Dr. Brian Forrest. I'm Mike Davis, FM 98.5 AM 680 WPTF. It's time now for our Access Health tip of the week, Doc. Yes, and we want to remember that our Access Health Tip of the Week is sponsored by We Care Pharmacy. That's We Care of Apex. Uh, they are a pharmacy in Apex, North Carolina that provides delivery and price match on generic medications. So lots of our patients save a ton of money and just rave about their customer service. And the tip of the day today is that if you do have symptoms of COVID-19, uh, you can get tested at most hospitals now. However, there is a risk to going somewhere that's doing testing like that because you're going to be exposed to a lot of people that might be contagious. So ideally, you want to look for a way to get tested that keeps you from being exposed to other people, uh, preferably either what we call a shallow self-swab or a finger stick uh, blood test. We're talking about getting assessed today, getting tested for COVID-19, and you're telling us there's some new tests that are available now, and that is good news. What about getting assessed to see if you ought to actually get the test? I've heard that there are some telehealth tools, virtual health AI solutions uh, that can actually interview you, record a video of you, and then allow a physician to follow up with you uh, if they think you should get tested. Tell us about that. Yes, I actually, um, I think two or three times last week, uh, I actually uh, participated in that uh, uh, pro program to see what it looked like. And there's a company called GoMD.Care uh, that is planning to use a really high-tech program where literally the computer will ask you questions. Uh, so it does that in sort of a computerized voice. You know, you can tell it's not a regular person, but it asks you things like, you know, do you have a fever? Have you been exposed to someone with COVID-19? And it walks you through this, this interview and it uses those responses and a little bit of artificial intelligence where it actually takes the words you say, things like fever, things like body aches, and it sort of puts those all in a little list and then mathematically uses that to determine your risk for actually having COVID-19. Uh, and then it uses your responses. It turns those over and gives you access to a physician that can then follow up that virtual assessment with advice on what you should do next. Now, it also allows you to record a very short video clip, 
which is helpful because then the physician can actually look at that. They can see your face. Uh, if you're coughing, they can see how you're coughing. So you record this little short video clip. It's like a minute long, and that's included uh, in a secure way, obviously, uh, in this assessment. And uh, then if you need to be tested, uh, that company has partnered with us, a, a supplier that has one of those tests that we talked about. It requires no contact with another person. It just lets you put one drop of blood on a piece of plastic. So if you had something to prick your finger with, uh, preferably medical grade and sterile, obviously, um, you would just prick your finger. You could put that little drop of blood on the uh, little piece of plastic there. And the way this works is via video, the physician can walk you through completing the test and give you your results. Now you would be able to actually see your own results as this test runs right before your eyes in just a couple minutes. Um, and what we're planning on doing is actually doing it at our, at our office where patients will be able to come down an empty hallway so there won't be any people in this hallway. They'll be able to go into an empty room that we're using only for this testing They'll be directed by video on how to provide the specimen. All Everything they need will be right there on a table. And we will literally be through the other side of a wall. So we'll be on the other side of a wall where nobody's exposed. And we'll be able to record those results in just a few minutes without having to have any contact with the patient. Um, and that's really important because, you know, we don't have an unlimited supply of masks and gowns either. In fact, most of the doctors in our area are now using disposable, you know, football game ponchos uh, as their gown um, and making all kinds of makeshift masks to give themselves some protection. Uh, but we know if you, if you saw lots of patients every day with that, your risk would still be high. So by doing it this way, the patient never is in the same room with the physician, even though they're next door and they're not exposed to any other people getting testing as well. And then as soon as the patient leaves, we have somebody who is in full sort of hazmat gear that sanitizes the room completely, sanitizes the entryway, and then we're ready for the next person. And it allows a no contact way with instant results. So we're really excited about that. Um, we are hoping that those tests are going to be available within the next two weeks. The other thing that's awesome about it is that it looks like the cost for those tests will be under $50. Uh, we don't know exactly because there's a lot of, you know, as all these things are being exported, there's variability in the market, but it looks like they're going to cost under 50 bucks uh, to have results in just a couple minutes. So that's really cool. That is really cool. That is good news. That is Dr. Brian Forrest, board-certified family physician from Apex. I'm Mike Davis, and straight ahead, we're going to discuss some of the key points about coronavirus that you need to know right now, and our Access Health Radio's Trivia of the Week is straight ahead, too, so stay right there. Welcome back to Access Health Radio with board-certified family physician, Dr. Brian Forrest. I am Mike Davis. No folks are going to have some questions for you, Dr. Forrest. We're going to give you uh, that contact information uh, so that you can uh, reach out with your question, uh, find out more information uh, about Dr. Forrest and his uh, practice in Apex in just a few moments. But right now, it's time for the Access Health Trivia of the Week. Well, unfortunately, the trivia this week is not, uh, it's not a good fact, uh, but the trivia is that coronavirus deaths in the United States have now surpassed flu deaths in the United States for this year. And, and I'll be honest, Mike, and you know, I've, I've been very realistic about uh, this whole situation 
but this is something I really did not think could happen uh, in the first season of coronavirus. Um, flu almost always has, you know, 30 to 50,000 deaths per year. Um, and I never thought that in the first, you know, just three to four months of coronavirus, we would pass flu. Uh, but we are now at over 60,000 coronavirus deaths. I think uh, by the end of the day today, uh, you know, it may be close to 65 or 70,000. Uh, and flu deaths had gotten up to around 55,000, I believe, last week. So uh, we have now passed flu for uh, deadliest disease in the United States this year. And it's just something I thought would never occur. Wow. Yeah, that is a sobering statistic. Well, Dr. Forrest, um, you've covered a lot of ground here today. What are some of the key points you want people to take away from today's show about COVID-19? Well, first of all, we've talked a lot about testing, um, but don't forget, if you if you think you have symptoms uh, of coronavirus or even something else, and you feel like you're sick enough that you need the hospital, then you should go to the hospital and they can take care of your testing there. Uh, the key sort of marker that I'm using for patients is if they feel short of breath. So if they're coughing, okay, they've got a fever, that's to be expected. If they have a change in their smell or taste, if they have body aches and fatigue, all those things are to be expected. But if they get to the point where they tell me, you know, I feel like I can't get my air, I feel short on my breathing, then that's to the point they really must go to the hospital and they can get their testing done there. Don't worry about, you know, getting that done somewhere else to make, to see if you've got it before you actually go. Because once you get short of breath, you need to act then. Hmm. The second thing is if you, if you do think you've got COVID-19, but you're not that sick and you still need to get tested either because that's what's required to get back to work. I think we're going to see a lot of policies in the next month or two where for certain uh, places uh, you're going to have to get tested in order to go to those places. We, we already know that airlines are saying to board the planes, you may have to do a quick antibody test. Um, so what I would recommend is that if you do get tested uh, in that scenario, you do one of the quick tests. Uh, the ones that are under 15 minutes that can check for both the IgG and IgM antibodies, as soon as that's available in your area. And even better, if you can find a place that can test you uh, with the quick antibody test and not expose you to other people who might be contagious, that's even better. All right. That is uh, good information. Thanks, Dr. Forrest. And if folks want to get in touch with you, how can they go about doing that? Uh, they can call our practice at 919-363-0190, or if they want to send a question that's non-emergent, they can send that to accesshealthradio at gmail.com. And they can also listen to an on-demand podcast of the show at accesshealthradio.com at any time. Doc, it's the fastest 30 minutes of medical information on the radio. That's all we've got time for. Well, that concludes our show, and hopefully you'll be able to use this information to be more aware of uh, how you can handle COVID-19. Our scripture this week is from 2 Chronicles 29, uh, New International Version. If calamity comes upon us, whether the sword of judgment or plague or famine, we will stand in your presence before this temple that bears your name and will cry out to you in our distress, and you will hear us and save us. Thanks for listening to the Access Health Radio Show. We look forward to joining you again next Sunday at 4 p.m. Until then, God bless your health.